Hello, I am Dr. R.J. Weber, and I am fortunate to be the superintendent of the Northville Public Schools here in beautiful Northville, Michigan. We're just outside of Detroit for those listening to us around uh, the world. Uh, for those of you in Michigan, I'm sure you know where that is. We truly pride ourselves in advancing our tradition of excellence by opening up a world of possibilities for each of our students. And we thank you for joining this episode of Mustang Moments, where we have casual conversations with students, staff, community members, and beyond. Uh, we try to stay curious around here and also acknowledge and respect the fact that it's truly the people who make this an amazing school district. And this is our way to share their stories with each of you. Thank you. Hey, uh, welcome to the Mustang Moment Podcast. This is your superintendent, Dr. R.J. Weber, here in beautiful Northville, Michigan. And today I have the distinct pleasure of sharing some time with a person that I've grown to respect deeply and have seen in action often. And we get to learn a little bit about uh, him, what makes him tick, and the great things he does for this Northville Public School District. So I'd like to welcome our athletic director, Mr. Brian Smolsky. All right. Thank you. Thanks hey. for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. And, and you know, the thing with uh, that everyone needs to know about Brian is he might be one of the most humble people I know. And you can't see it right now, but this is excruciating for him. So uh, <laughs> my goal is to, in the next uh, few minutes here, just uh, relax and have a conversation about those things. So let's start with this. Brian, where'd you grow up? I uh, grew up in Canton. Um, so I went to Canton High School and Went to Plymouth Canton Schools, uh, first grade through senior year. So public school kid, yep. growing up into a public school servant. I absolutely love that connection and story. And, you know, athletics, obviously, you wouldn't be an athletic director if athletics didn't somehow enter your life at some point. And I'm just kind of curious about when that was for you, maybe a, a memory that you had from childhood, maybe a person who was a huge influence on your trajectory and people are going to learn kind of what that trajectory is. But let's just go back to how it all began. Like, where did your love of sport competition emerge? Uh, I mean, going back, probably the the thing I remember the most was middle school. You know, and when you moved to Canton, everyone played soccer. It was one of the things, right? So we all played soccer. Um, I didn't start playing basketball until eighth grade, and that was my main sport. Um, and then my coaches threw basketball probably really – brought on me wanting to become an educator and coach and become an athletic director. And that was Dan Young and Bob Bloom. Um, but I didn't start, didn't start playing basketball until eighth grade. I always tell my son, I haven't hit my prime yet. Um, <laughs> you know, cause I played at Canton and then went on and played at Olivet college, uh, small division three school in the middle of the state. And just all those experiences led me to do what we uh, try to do today. Yeah. So growing up in a, in a heavily soccer centric area, like, like we're in right now. Um, I find it really difficult though, uh, that you weren't balling, uh, before eighth grade. Yeah, uh, no, we had a hoop in the driveway and, uh, I used the soccer ball and tried to kick it in the hoop or, uh, do headers into the hoop. So, but I kept getting taller and taller and I was like, you gotta play basketball. So didn't start until eighth grade. In what position did you start playing? Uh, center forward, you know, I was always one of the taller kids. So is that, that was, was that your career? Did you, is that, were those the positions you played through college? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah. You know, and, um, it's funny, uh, 
I never really had an understanding of how physical a game basketball was. Uh, I was reminded of it when we played in our student staff game last year. And uh, the next morning came, and uh, it was hard getting out of bed. And just the <laughs> banging that goes down, but also the physica- or the, the um, actual uh, lung capacity that you need to play the game those short bursts of intense running and so on. I have tremendous respect for basketball players. Uh, it's a difficult game from a physical standpoint and an endurance standpoint. So you named a couple of coaches that were influences with you. Kind of take me through your high school experience a little bit as a player, um, any people that you still stay in touch with or people that you remember from that time. Yeah, so like Coach Bloom, Coach Bob Bloom, uh, legend in Plymouth Camp, his name's on the floor. Uh, my kids call him Grandpa Bob. Um, so I worked for him when I got out of college. Um, then he retired and I took over his position. I took a couple years off and then he came and worked for me um, as an assistant. Um, he still helps out over there, which is really cool. And then um, my head coach, my senior year at Canton, Dan Young, um, huge influence. I did my, came back and did my student teaching with him at Pioneer Middle School. Um, he's retired now, and he runs BCAM, which is Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan, um, and he has a big part of the entire state and what's going on with the basketball game in high school. Wow. I mean, and here, a perfect example of, of none of us are where we are today without at least one adult in our life who saw something in us that maybe we didn't see in ourselves and invested their time in us, right? And the fact is, it's obvious, uh, the quality of athletic director, the quality of dad, the quality of human being you are, um, it's pretty obvious that, you know, whether it was your own a combination of your home or these coaches that oftentimes, and you know, as a high level athlete that you are, I'm not, that you spend a lot of time practicing. You spend a lot of time with your coaches. You spend a lot of time with your teammates. And if, if you're fortunate to have somebody like him, uh, it's all upside, right? Yeah, and so sure. you're really, you know, one of the things I try to explain about high school, public school athletics is, is it really, if, if we're going to be in a business of anything, it's an, in a business of providing opportunities for each child to go after their passion, but also a memory making business. And I, that might sound a little weird to people. But the joy I have in watching you do the magic that you do see the people who you hire to coach our kids is like, I'll never forget the rest of my life, the the beating Catholic Central on Friday night uh, a couple weeks ago. I'll never forget it for this reason. Um, sure, did I enjoy us being victorious over that school? Absolutely. I've been playing against them for years in different districts, and that felt good. But what felt the best was when all of those kids came over the fence and through the fence and they're running to their teammates and they're so excited and they're losing shoes and they're losing <laughs> iPhones and they're losing AirPods. You know, we're picking them up off the field and finding their owners. But that memory is something that no matter where they go for the rest of their lives, no matter where I go for the rest of my life, no one can take that away. And so we are just here, I believe, to provide opportunities for kids and families to root their kids on and be there. And I just want to say I'm grateful for you for that and our coaches and our families and so on. But you attend so many different events and so on. And not that, you know, it's like if you had 10 kids and I said, who's your favorite? You're like, RJ, it's not a question you can ask. And I wouldn't, but I will ask this one. So if you have a sport that you just really enjoy being a spectator at, not not Brian the AD, 
you know, not Brian, the former basketball coach, but just as a human being for high school athletics, what's an event that uh, a sport that you go to and, and really enjoy and why? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, obviously I'm, I was a basketball guy growing up, so that's all, but really when I'm not here doing this, the, one of the things I enjoy the most is, is watching my own kids do what they do. Um, so M throws the shot put for Salem. And so going to watch her do that. And then Connor plays baseball and basketball, you know, at Canton as a ninth grader this year. So it's more of when I'm not here doing this and, and doing the job, I like just to watch my two own kids do whatever they love doing um, in the athletic world because I can just sit and relax and I don't have to worry about what's going on. But not a specific sport, sure. more watching those guys. And I'm sure you're the kind of dad that is a good parent, easy on the referees and whatnot because you live the oh, other yeah. side of it every day. Away. So you just... Uh... Yeah, you won't hear me. I sit <laughs> far away and I just watch and enjoy watching them do what they... In, currently enjoy playing. And as, as public educators, we have committed our lives to to doing the work we do and we love it and serving other kids, but uh, it's also difficult sometimes when you can't be with your own children because of your obligations to other children. And I think that's why that answer to me is a thing of beauty, because I know every second that you can be somewhere, no matter where they're playing, wherever they're throwing, um, you're going to be there. And uh, you deserve that as a public educator who takes care of so many kids, and they deserve it. Now, will you? Will our baseball teams go against your son's baseball teams this year? Uh, possible, but he won't. I mean, they'll play each other in basketball, and, and that we run track <laughs> against them. Um, and so it's always cool, to, yeah. you know, to do that stuff. Uh, yesterday, Con actually was at school, and he sent me. He's like, Dad, I didn't check my shirt. This anywhere in Northville athletic shirt to school. Oh yesterday. no. So, and it was cut day for basketball, which but he was fine. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. That That is a classic. Uh, my son's in another district, and I have a ton of uh, Northville gear. And, you know, he'll wear it to go to, to sleep in or whatever like that. Um, but I cannot wait for the day that he does what Connor did, which is throw it on and walk in because it's a rival right. district. Uh, that would actually make me really happy. Maybe there's a way I can kind of kind of make that go. So you go to Olivet, you're fortunate enough to play there. And then um, and then tell us about your story that kind of led to us being so lucky to have you here as our AD. So did you teach in? Yeah, so okay. I graduated um, from Olivet, came back, did my student teaching at Pioneer Middle School in Plymouth, Canton. And then my first job was um, at a charter school in Detroit, Old Redford Academy. Um, worked there for about a year and a half and then was fortunate to be hired in Wayne Westland. And so I taught phys ed, health, um, sixth grade classroom in Wayne Westland from 2001 until 2014. Um, and then uh, while doing that, I was coaching basketball um, at Plymouth Canton, boys and girls. I ended up becoming the girls varsity coach in 05. So I was the girls varsity head coach at Canton from 05 to 14. Uh, a ton of great players there and great families, and, and, and the kids had a lot of success. And then from there, fortunate enough to be hired at Salem um, as their assistant principal for athletics and activities. And I did that from 2014 to 2019. Great place, worked with a lot of great people. Um, but this place was one um, that I said I would always apply for if it ever opened up, and probably the only one. Um, you know, being a Plymouth Canton person, loved it there, no problems there. Um, really enjoyed my time there, but 
there was always something about Northville when I played at Canton back in the 90s and we played against Northville. Something about Northville when I coached at Canton in the 2000s. And so when the opportunity presented itself, I threw the name in and, and went for it. Wow. So so now, when was the transition to um, the boys and girls basketball playing in the same season? So that was, let me think about it for a second. So I coached both from 99 to 2005. Five, we were in the fall. 2006, we were in the fall. 2007, eight is okay. when I switched. And so you did both? Yeah. How? Uh, you know, it was. I tend to... I, I like to think that I'm a hard worker, and, and so we found a way to, you know, work it out and do it um, until we couldn't do it anymore because the season split. So Brian won't tell you this. He, when he says he tends to, like, think he's a hard worker, uh, he won't say it to anybody, but um, I'm around the district, obviously, quite a bit, and uh, you're everywhere, and the kids respect you, the coaches respect you, and, and I want to go on. It's starting to make sense to me now a little bit about why you're so good at hiring coaches. You know, as a teacher for as long as you were, an educator, and then a coach of that level, you know that the coach makes or breaks your program, our program, the team. Uh, but I've been so impressed by the quality of coaches in my short-term time here to see who you've kind of brought in, the culture that you're instituting, and so on. So when you're looking for a coach for our kids, are there any things that when you walk into an interview, any qualities or any attributes that, that you're drawn to? Yeah, I mean, well, first, you know, it's all done by committee, and, uh, you know, parents are involved, and our student-athletes are involved, and for me, one of the most important things in those committees is listening to the student athletes and what they observe um, in the interview and, and things like that. But for me, the biggest thing is, is it, are they a relationship kid? Are they a kid, a, a kid first coach? Like, you know, if they come in and, you know, all we're talking about is winning and losing, that's, we like to win. We love to win. We win a lot here, but really it's all about the relationships that we're building with those kids and the impact we're having on them um, as human beings. And that, that comes out pretty early in an interview process as uh, mm. what they're all about, just by how they speak and what they yeah. talk about. You know, I think that you just, I, I want to go back to a huge thing you said, but I think for those folks out there who, who don't do the work we do, they don't have the, the privilege to be in those interviews, right? And so when you just said, you know, RJ, it's pretty easy to tell early fit or not fit. So what might a, a person who who you don't have a tremendous amount of interest in start to say from the beginning of an interview? If they're an, if they use I a lot, um, if they are an I person, I, I won this, I did this. Um, that's a that's a big thing for me because we don't win anything We're the, the kids do um, and our student athletes do. Um, and, and so that's a. That's a big one for me that, you know, I don't want to say they, I just throw them to the side, but it's a turnoff for me in terms of what we're trying to build and do here. Um, and we're looking for we coaches, and and, and so that's what I really And so for. for those of you listening to the podcast and, and are deeply interested in high school athletics or, or those pieces, please understand that that, that idea of um, finding a person or finding who is a relationship and kid-centered and Brian's core ethos uh, is something we believe in as a school district. Um, and frankly, I'll just argue with anyone, it's the right way. Uh, we are high school athletics. We're not professional athletics. Uh, this is not a business. This is a way to, to help give kids opportunities. 
to do that. And around competition, um, one thing I've been talking to kids a lot, I've talked to the football team, I've talked to other students, is about that notion of fierce grace. And when people first hear it, they think, oh, that's kind of a weird combination. But not to me, not really. Like Anybody who competes on any, in any field whatsoever and says that they don't want to win, I would ask them, why are you competing? <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> you don't compete to lose. You choose to do it to win. And that's the mindset you have to have. But the beautiful thing about sport in life is it teaches you very quickly that ain't going to happen all the time. No. And for those of us who have been on teams that didn't win at all, what a great lesson in humility. You still have to get up and grind. You still have to get after it. You still have to compete fiercely. Um, but always have the grace to treat your opponents and your teammates with love in your heart. But be the person that people hate competing against because you are really good. Not because you're on your mouth, not because you're you know chippy or dirty, but because you're so darn good, people hate competing against you. And that's the notion of fierce grace. And that's something I'm really trying to message through our district is whatever field you're in, whatever you do, do it with an intensity of a thousand suns, but never ever forget that the people you're competing against are human beings who want to win as well. Absolutely. And I love the fact that that's your, your ethos and you have it. And you have a really great team of people who support our athletic programming. Um, every time I walk in and I get to talk to you and your assistant, I see how locked in you are on what's next. It's one of my great joys that people don't see is when I come and see you, oftentimes you're talking to a student or a coach, and that just makes my heart sing because it would be a huge tell to me if every time I came to see you, you were <laughs> no one wanted to be around you. <laughs> yeah, the office is empty. And that's not the case, right? And, and now as we kind of take that through and I, we're starting to learn like why you do this work, the people who are influential in your life and in your deep passion for it. I do think in this uh, podcast a little bit, it's important to note um, the fall you've had and we've had and our kids have had. Uh, I've done this for 30 years. I can unequivocally say I have never served in a space where I show up to event after event. And not only are we in it, uh-huh. like they're chasing us. And it is breathtaking. So in all of your years of of athletics and doing this, would you say that this fall is in, in maybe the last year and a half has been something that, that what would you want people to know about it? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's not normal. And I, I say that a lot. And you hear Mr. Kosky say that a lot. And it, it really isn't. But like the other night at the booster meeting, I read off all the accomplishments of the fall team up to this point, volleyball and swimmers and dive are still going. And it's just like for people to win that many things in a year or two years, they'd be thrilled. Um, So again, very, very fortunate. All that credit really goes, we have outstanding student athletes. They're dedicated, they work hard, they're committed, and, and they just compete to their maximum potential. And then our coaches are the ones that guide those student athletes to do what they've been doing. And so we're really, really lucky to have great student athletes and great coaches here that allow us to have all that success on the record boards and the championships. But even more important to me is seeing all those coaches build those great relationships with those kids and understand the importance of what they're teaching our kids and student athletes through educational athletics and those memories that they're building in all sports 
uh, that you talked about the other night at football. Yeah, so let's let's think about that idea of um, you know people might not know this, but back to back boys cross country division one state champions. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, winning one, we're really really lucky to win two in a row. Um, just you know, amazing. And to your point, and I and I'm gonna um, recount something, but if you want to think about just to kind of laundry list the past year and a half of kind of that accomplishment piece. I think it'd be, I think people who don't know us here, it would, they would be stunned to find out. And if you're not from the area and you're listening to this podcast, also please understand that we're so fortunate in this district because academically our kids outperform, I believe it was the SAT, every district in the state of Michigan. I mean, best M-step scores in elementary in the state of Michigan. This is not just a an athletic powerhouse school or an academic powerhouse school or a fine arts powerhouse district. I mean, this is genuinely a place that I literally pinch myself every day thinking, is it, is it real? Do, is this real? Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, sometimes I can get chippy because people will say, well, the privilege is there and that's why it happens. But the hustle, hard work and intention that I see, I will always advocate for. So if you want to think of that laundry list, but I'll give you a quick story. So these, our students are so locked in. Um, I talked to one of our cross-country kids last year who got a scholarship to MIT. And I said, you know, some of the research is about sleep, like is the most important aspect to enhance athletic performance. And he doesn't skip a beat and looks at me and says, Dr. Weber, I get eight and a half hours every night. I know that. I know I've done the research. And I'm like, in high school, before a cross-country meet, I was pounding like three filet fish sandwiches the night before, getting five hours of sleep and showing up, up to the invite. Our students are making the sacrifices that other people don't see to be as good as they can be. Right. So take us through some of the accomplishments the kids have had. For this fall? Or anytime. Oh, so so for this fall, let's, let's go mountain biking. Won the Division II state championship. Um, football. Elite eight made it to the final eight. They won the division and district. Boys cross country was division, conference, regional champion, and then won the state championship. Uh, girls cross country, regional champion, and then sixth in the state. Girls golf won the division and then ended up sixth in the state. Um, girls swim won the division and conference and are in the state finals this weekend. Could end up anywhere in the top five. Um, volleyball. Division champs, conference champs, regional champs, and they are in the final four this weekend. Um, did I forget anybody? I don't believe I did. So, again, oh, boys tennis, boys tennis, division, conference, regional, state runner-up. And so, like, right now, <laughs> like, if you walk into our office, oh. there's because we take all the state trophies to the trophy shop at the end of the season. So if you just walk into the athletic office they are everywhere they're on the floor they're on and it's just like this is and i'll take them in next week after volleyball and swim are done and the, the trophy dude will look at me and be like is this all last year and no it's one season so again it, it's we do have like we do have a lot of things here and, and we have the resources but the kids the student they take care of those resources they take advantage of those resources which is what allows all our student athletes and teams to have so much success. Thank you. I just, I'm still just, if, if you're in public education, what Brian just listed off, like, you know what he just said. And it's, it's, it's said with all humility. It's not, 
we don't roll around here and and thump our chests and and talk about being whatever so good or whatnot. We appreciate and are grateful for this position we're at in life because we know it can change quickly, and that's the nature of athletics. But there are a couple things as well uh, that I want to make sure I don't forget. One is that you started uh, the Hall of Fame here yes. in Northville, and I want I want you to share with. Uh, the the listeners the fact that um you know we are who we are today because of those people who came before us whether it was your coach or whether it was somebody here in northville so talk to us about your vision and how you've executed that for the hall of fame yeah absolutely so everything starts with tradition and history and there's a great one here um you know and and brian macy retired ad before i came over um, just did an absolute awesome job of starting the foundation here and, and starting to get ready for the Hall of Fame. So I just sort of took what he had started to prepare and ran with it. Um, and what really makes it awesome is when you hear all the stories and the impact this place had on the student athletes back in the 50s and 60s, and it still brings joy to them when they get up and talk about it at the Hall of Fame things. It really you know, it really shows, yeah, this is the right thing to do. And they're on plaques in the hallway, but it's more about, they were really, really good at what they did, but the impact this place had on them still lives with them today. And we've had people from the fifties, sixties, seventies. And the, when they come back and talk about all the memories at that banquet, it's, it's one of the coolest things. And, uh, oftentimes in these podcasts, I'll try to point out a thread for the listener and a thread that you hopefully are picking up on is, that notion of memory making and that providing opportunities to, to the joy of the human experience. And it's not just for our student athletes today. It's that evening that you hold inviting people back and they get to relive those aspects of their life that were so high quality. The gift that you're giving their families that they get to hear mom or dad maybe talk about things they hadn't talked about before is is one of those things about you that i just love about you like you are consistently trying to provide the platform for people to be happy and to be in a place that they can make a memory or recount a memory uh and then before we get into uh, our final few questions the student section um you know i've been fortunate to serve a lot of districts i have genuinely never seen student sections like i've seen here so and just any perspective on that it just like how does that happen who how do all these kids show up with their themes and their songs <laughs> yeah I, I mean well one it happens social media right uh, you, you know so we, we have our se- student section leaders and they put the themes out on social media and, and our big thing is is have fun have a good time be respectful cheer for us and, and do it the right way. Fierce grace, um, baby. Do we need some redirection at times? Sure. On occasion. You know, there's um, some impulsivity there. Yeah, I may yeah. or may not have gotten swallowed up by the, the crowd last year after we beat CC and disappeared. I was disappeared. so <laughs> terrified that they were going to break your hip because there's Brian. Brian's gone after right. that win. And I'm like, I hope he didn't hit the deck. Yeah. So, but that is, it's it's a really, like you said, we're, we're not only excel in athletics, we excel in the classroom and excel in all kinds of different areas, fine arts and the band and music. And it, we just got great, awesome kids. And so they understand, hey, let's have some fun. Let's come out and support each other. And, um, you know, they we do it as, as good as we can try. And that's the beauty of a, of a true hometown community public school district. You know, you can choose to, to go to a school outside of Northville if, if you wanted to. But I would argue, 
you know, that Friday night off of Eight Mile where you have our girls dance team, you have our band team, you have Pom Pom there, you have alumni coming back, you have the football team, you have all of those things kind of meshing together on a Friday night and in the pride that I personally have and that I know our community has in seeing that. You know, our community public schools provide not only opportunities for our kids, but for families to get together, for people to get together. And you can have the pride of knowing at those events that you're from Northville, you're a Northvillian, your kid plays for Northville. It's a good thing. And even if you don't, uh, I encourage anybody. Uh, today, I, I sent a, a tweet out and targeted a couple of people about our girls' hockey. Um, you know, women's athletics is something that the fact that um, we provide that opportunity for girls as well as boys, which wasn't always the case. You and I are old right. enough to know that. And one of my greatest joys is going and watching one of our girls' hockey games. And, you know, I'm the superintendent, so I have some privilege. So I got to, like, stand on the bench for a period. And just seeing how hard they work and, and what they do and the joy of it. And I would encourage anybody who – I don't care if you have a kid or not. Attend one high school athletic event. doesn't matter what it is this year. And you're going to find it is easily the best value in sports entertainment. You know, you can go ahead and throw a couple hundred bucks at the Pistons one night, or you can go ahead and spend three to five bucks and come in or six bucks and watch really great athletes compete their guts out three feet from the court. And it's in your hometown. You don't have to drive anywhere. So that's my unsolicited. Brian didn't <laughs> ask me to say that. But I would recommend anybody just go and take in one high school athletic event in your community. I don't care where you are or you're listening. And I think you'll really deeply understand what Brian and I are talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it could be any event. It's, it, you know, it, it, going out and watching our tennis team, you'll get an appreciation for all the different skills that, that come into play. Like we just added girls field hockey this past ah, fall. Okay. Um, which, you know, was awesome. We had 40 girls out there this past fall that wouldn't have been doing anything if we didn't add that opportunity. So like you said, we continue to give opportunity to the students to continue to build memories and compete and learn life lessons. And uh, there's, uh, there's not many sports here that, that are out there that we don't have here at Northville. If you want to do something, there's something for everyone. I've uh, jumped on on one of the equestrian horses. Uh, I went out and watched a couple holes of golf. Unfortunately, I was told I couldn't bring a cowbell to that. <laughs> Apparently, golf is a quiet sport. Right. I'm not a quiet person. Uh, tennis, like on and on and on and on. And I think the other part is uh, many folks don't know the financial expense that districts incur to provide this opportunity. So I'm proud as well of our school board and Mike Zoff, our CFO, and everyone who really contributes to keeping our budgets running because people might not know because of a bus driver shortage, for instance, we have to charter buses. And if you look at what districts like ours spend in a year just to get kids back and forth to athletic events, it's mind boggling, oh, yeah. uh, like over 160K. And so we have to make sure we run our budgets in such a way that continue to provide those opportunities. So as we finish our time up, and, and I've really enjoyed it, and hopefully it hasn't been painful for you. No, not, not too bad. No, you're doing great. <laughs> uh, so is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to? Oh, it'd, it'd be Em and Con. Um, oh. it, you know, my daughter and son, just because. Uh, you know, I've, this is year 10, and when you take a job like an athletic director, you, you need to have the understanding that you may not be able to get to every one of their single events, which I would love to do. 
Um, and, and so that, you know, they haven't, I haven't been at every single thing in time when you are in a 24 seven job, sometimes you don't spend as much time with your own kids as you should. And so, you know, I, the shout out goes to them and them hanging in there with me and understanding that dad loves doing this. And hopefully I'm showing them, you know, what it means to work hard and, and, and do things. Thanks for saying that. I, I can tell you in seeing your interactions with your kids when I have, they, they get it. They might not say it all that they get it. They know. And, you know, Brian wouldn't say this, but I might be with him uh, in, you know, somewhere an hour away. And we leave that event at 10, 1030 at night. And sure enough, I walk into the high school at eight o'clock in the morning and there he is because there's another thing, bunch of things to do. And if you think about that, you start to stack 18-hour days back to back to back. Battle Creek, for instance, hopefully is coming up. So that's a trip there for you. And then potentially another one Saturday. And you do it with humility and love and grace. And I'd like to thank, personally, as your superintendent, I'd like to thank your kids for allowing us to have you. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. Genuinely. Uh, all right. Now let's get to the five-question speed round. All right. Uh, we like to do this. Uh, so what's your favorite place to eat around here? Oh, wow. Around here, I, I'd say, you know, we spend, there's a new establishment down on Warren and Sheldon, the local tavern, new owners. Um, I just like to go to not so much chain places, but more of, you know, small business places and try all the different ones. Well, so. we're going to go off the grid here a little bit because I was at a soccer game with you and you and Principal Kosky could not stop talking about this sandwich. <laughs> And the sandwich is called the Gobbler. That it so is. where does one find this? So the the Gobbler, it's Maya's Deli in Plymouth, um, and that is their. I usually go the turkey. Um, it's called the Rachel. It's their turkey Reuben, um, which is awesome. But for the month of November, they do a sandwich called the Gobbler um, to go along with Thanksgiving. And so Principal Kosky told me it changed his life. Well, that might be a little. <laughs> it might a, be a little bit of a stretch, but he likes his food. Yeah. So, so no, it's an awesome sandwich. And all right, I need to get there before the close of November. Yeah. Next one, uh, favorite kind of business here in Northville or a place that, that, you know, you would visit or go to or have used. Uh, I think, uh, Gennetti's, their business in town here is, is awesome. Um, Laura's awesome. She's really good to us. They cater all our coaches' meetings and our um, KLA meetings. And but Janetti's in town here is one of the, you know, it's just one of those places. When I talk about the difference between Plymouth Canton and Northville, like Janetti's is part of that difference because it's that one high school town, small town community where. You know, you go in and everyone knows everyone, and it's awesome. It's one of my, I thank you for saying that, because it's one of my joys of coming here in the past year and a half. Like, And people wouldn't see this, but providing food for football games for our crew that's working the games, hosting our kids for so many different things, and being really an integral part of our community. And uh, so I completely agree. I think it's a great business. Uh, favorite place, if you could visit anywhere in the world or a place you've been that you really like? Like, where oh, could you boy. go if you could go anywhere or an event, anything? Uh, an event? I, I would love to go to a Duke, North Carolina basketball game. Wh which play? Which Cameron. State? Cameron. Oh, uh, is, that what the, is that where you're basically right on top of the yeah, court? Yeah. So that would be a, that would be a, a big one. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, so, it, you yeah. know, yeah. It, a non-sports one, just anywhere warm, uh, mm -hmm. sort of relaxed. I, I, don't, I don't travel all that much, mm -hmm. but just to get away and... Yeah. 
but I'm not a big world traveler. I Maybe just... Dominican Republic to go watch some baseball with your son. Yeah, see, there you to go. See the, the young people coming up from <laughs> yeah, there, right? for sure. Uh, pineapple on your pizza, yes or no? No. Okay. Uh, superpower, if you had one choice, invisibility, flying, or time travel, what might you pick? I think I'd go with time travel um, just because, you know, the, in this job, you know, might not have enough time in a day. So I might need to go back <laughs> oh, I like a couple that. times. That's perfect. <laughs> Well, Brian, you're a gift to this community. I would say a gift to the world, and uh, and I just uh, we're grateful to have you. And for all of those of you who are listening out here who know Brian, you heard Brian. You, this is the person, the man you know. If you don't know him, introduce yourself to him. Come and see one of our our games, uh, and thank you so much. And be well. Bye bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mustang Moments. Our school district is amazing simply because of the people that are a part of it. As you listen to this episode, hopefully what you heard was the amazing aspects of what each of our, our folks bring and their unique skill sets and experiences. Um, and without them, really, the Northville community and the Northville Public Schools wouldn't be what they are, which are fantastic places to be, fantastic places to learn, uh, to live. So please stay curious out there and be well.